We are talking to two great guys who have a new podcast that's called Unprecedented. You can check it out at unprecedentedpodcast.com. Follow them on Twitter at unprecedentedpod. Uh, the two guys hosting it, John Aravosis is a longtime activist and writer, Greek-American from Chicago, moved to D.C. back in the 80s, got a law degree and a master in foreign service at Georgetown. He went to work for Alaska Senator Ted Stevens before he came out as gay. He voted for Clinton in 92, and he's remained a staunch Democrat and progressive uh, to this day. Early adopter, by the way, of using the Internet for advocacy all the way back to 95, he worked at the Children's Defense Fund, and he became a leading LGBT rights activist for the past two decades, specializing in using the Internet for large-scale civil rights campaigns. And one of the first and uh, most famous online campaigns was promoting the Matthew Shepard story. Uh, most of you should know the young man who was brutally murdered in Wyoming back in 98, and that made international news. It was also a defining moment for the LGBTQ uh, rights by promoting it online. In addition uh, to writing for The Economist, he worked at the World Bank, the UN, and a variety of consulting clients like ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and he's probably best known for America Blog. It's a progressive blog he launched in 04. He speaks five languages because he's a real dumbass, and he lives in D.C. <laughs> with his adorable but skunky dog, Sasha. Cliff is a PR strategist and commentator. He's counseled numerous organizations and individuals, including the Buffett Foundation, the DNC, uh, Michael Bloomberg's Mayor Against uh, Mayors Against Illegal Guns, Al Gore's Alliance for Climate Protection, and uh, and NARAL. Now, in '96, uh, he worked at Penn and Schoen in the polling operation for the president, Bill Clinton, at that time. He uh, worked on issues first to Global Strategy uh, Group and then his own firm. And he helped uh, mayors beat the NRA on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Yeah, for the first time in five years at that time. He's written speeches for the Ohio T- State Treasurer, the former. DNC chair, presidential candidate Howard Dean. Uh, also, his columns have appeared in the Associated Press, Reuters, San Francisco Chronicle, feature pieces in X, uh, Esquire, Washington Monthly Magazine, and Salon.com. And he's a col- columnist currently for uh, The Daily Beast, one of my favorites. His book, excellent book. Everybody, if you haven't read this, should read this. It's awesome. The Real McCain, Why Conservatives Don't Trust Him and Why Independents Shouldn't, uh, became a political and nonfiction bestseller. He reached number two among political books and 17 among nonfiction on Amazon, translated in three languages, of which John can read all of them, and published <laughs> on three continents, including North America, Europe, France, uh, and uh, Asia and Malaysia. Uh, he's been a guest on the Today Show, The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell, The O'Reilly Factor in Cavuto, an on-air political analyst for the Sinclair Broadcast Network. He's been a consultant for the U.S. State Department delivering talks on U.S. politics to diplomats, journalists, and academics in South Africa, Australia, and Romania, and graduated uh, from a little school called Columbia School of International and Public Affairs. He has an MA there. He concentrated in journalism and PR. He also went to the University of uh, Pennsylvania. He has a BA there. He graduated cum laude, another dumbass, and he studied American history, born and raised uh, a New Yorker who resides in Cincinnati uh, with his wife. My husband, I think I told you this before, Cliff, did his fellowship in Cincinnati uh, with Dr. Frank Noyes there. Yeah. Uh, his wife, two sons, and three cats. Um, okay. I don't have the cats, so I, and, and John doesn't have the sons, so I think we get beat out there. He sits on the board uh, boards of the Ohio Innocence Project and Planned Parenthood Advocates of Ohio. More than a pleasure after the break to have back uh, the host of the new podcast, Unprecedented, a podcast. Um, what, what, well, for, uh, first of all, um, what approach uh, do you guys bring to the table for this podcast? Because somebody out there might say, well, why should I tune into you guys rather than somebody else? Because there are more podcasts, as John rightly mentioned, out there, and that's growing, and I'm glad it's growing on the left. What do you guys bring to, uh, to the table that's different? What approach do you have? I think, you know, not to 
not to knock our fellow podcasters because we love them all and want them all to promote us. Um, but one thing that Cliff and I have that I think a few of the guys have, like the Pod Save America guys have, but I'm not sure a lot of the others do, is actual political experience and uh, winning, winning political, you know, political experience, where Cliff and I have fought a lot of different campaigns. He's done a lot of the election stuff. I've done a lot of the issue advocacy. You know, we both, well, he's had clients in government. I've worked in government, but we've both, we both really know how Washington works on the inside and why it's important to to actually understand that in order to win. And I think the Trump, even with Obama, we had it, but with Trump especially, there was this idea that you had to have an outsider or you couldn't get anything done in Washington. And what actually happens is if you get somebody who's too much of an outsider, they can't get anything done in Washington. They're very sort of Pollyanna and nice, but it hurt Obama, I think, the first couple years in. And Trump, thank God it's hurting him now that he – Part of the reason he's not getting anything done isn't just that he's an idiot. He really doesn't know how to make things work. He thinks if he sits back with his pen in hand, you know, legislation will magically float on his desk, and it won't. So that's, that's part of what we bring, I think, is this expertise. And, I mean, Cliff, maybe you want to talk a little bit, because part of it, too, is the fact that, at the same time, we're not sort of just Washington clones who yeah. say, Democratic Party good, Democratic Party good. You're not reading DNC <laughs> yeah, talking, not you're not reading the DNC, you're not reading the DNC talking points, they're just talking about them. We got to take a quick break because I, because you guys have done so much in your lives, I spent so much time on that. That's our Serata segment, Cliff knows that, uh, from uh, hosting the show in my absence on occasion. We're going to be back with Cliff Schechter and John Aravosis. They are hosting a new podcast that I hope you will all check out and give a listen and give a chance. Unprecedented podcast. Back with them, back with you right after this. Once again, questions, 8886-LESLIE. Don't go away. We are back with Cliff Schechter and John Aravosis, host of the new Unprecedented podcast. Not unprecedented, unprecedented. And that's from Donald Trump's own tweet. China steals United States Navy research drone in international waters, rips it out of water, and takes it to China in unprecedented act. Uh, a little poke there uh, at the president, but it's so easy to. He gives so much material. Uh, guys, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, Cliff, uh, I believe you were talking about the approach you guys bring to the table for uh, the podcast. Uh, please continue, and then we'll get John's take. John was talking, and I did earlier, about how we both have worked in Washington, lived in Washington. We've been on many campaigns and insider-type organizations. And so, uh, you know, we, we have that experience, but at the same time, um, we've never, neither of us have ever, uh, you know, we hesitated uh, to, to share our skepticism, to criticize when we don't think things have been, been, have been uh, going in the right direction in the Democratic Party, when they've been heading in a more conservative direction that's concerned us. Um, so we certainly are not there to burn the place down, as I worry some uh, you know, demagogues on, on, on both far, the far right and the far left are, but at the same time, we, we definitely will bring the perspective where we understand what's going on, but we're going to criticize at times and we're going to say what we think should be going on based on our experience. And obviously John's shown that as a longtime blogger and, and you know, outsider that way. I've certainly, you know, been a, been a commentator who I don't think people would say has been quiet uh, and, and uh, has been meek, let's just say, about sharing my views. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward to having some great guests on the show and, uh, we both uh, like to laugh, so we're going to have fun, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make you laugh, we'll make you cry, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll figure something else out that I'm not thinking of. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Jump in and save me. Well, no, I, mean, John? I think sort of the final thing we were thinking of as well is, is really trying to 
you know, we put it in our tagline for the show, Empowering the Resistance, and it's not just a tagline. I mean, I, because of the fact that so much of both of our lives have been devoted to politics, but I would say more advocacy politics, you know, in terms of me being an LGBT activist, Cliff uh, has done a ton of work on uh, you know, gun safety issues. I might call it gun control. Uh, you know, it, so that both of us have, have really had to be in this environment where we learned how to fight back loudly, how to work the media, how to work the grassroots, but as I keep saying, how to actually win. And one of the things that... I don't want to say worries me today, but the Internet has done a lot to empower people all over to speak up. But I think sometimes people think speaking up is all you need to do. You know, as long as we piss off all our friends on, on you know, Twitter or something, or we have a thousand people show up at a rally, we've won. And, you know, you can think back to Occupy Wall Street, an amazing movement that did, I think, start to change the culture. But then you did have some issues of where do they go from there? You know, they've organized so many people around the country, and there was a little bit of a sense of it petering out, I think. Um, you know, and now I think we're at another moment where people are being organized, and we're all angry, and we're all starting to speak up more. And we've got to really be thinking of, okay, how do we channel that, that energy and that anger in a way that we know will make a difference rather than just yelling and making fun of Donald Trump? So hopefully that's some of the direction we're going to go to with the podcast. Okay, I think well, we have some. Uh, I think do do we have some calls, Mark? Or no, Mark was putting them in. Or, oh, they're coming momentarily. Okay, um, guys, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. You had something to add to that. No. Cliff, okay. did you? Um, I want to uh, know one one of the things oh. that um, I I love when I learn from a guest or when somebody calls me and says or you know emails me or sends a letter or tweets whatever and says. I learned this from your show, or I learned, I didn't know that when you said that on television. That makes me feel good as a listener when I learn something, and as a host when uh, I learn something, or I'm teaching something, if you will, because somebody's learning out there. Um, what do you feel that people will learn by listening to your podcast, especially if they you know, listen on a regular basis? Well, I certainly think uh, they'll learn a lot about uh, the way government, uh, you know, the, our government in Washington really could function and what is actually wrong. I mean, again, it's very easy to kind of attack um, what's going on and offer no solutions. Frankly, that's what Donald Trump has did to get into office. And well, what we want to do also is offer people, you know, almost like a, a guided path to how we can bring change to Washington. So we can tell you we've been in those rooms, we've seen what's going on, and, and, and we want to tell you, you know, maybe people are talking about doing this, but maybe that's not the way you change somebody's mind. We've been there and seen what does it, so maybe you can do it this way. So I think, you know, it, it, it won't be exactly like watching on just a bill. We'll get a little more detailed than that. Uh, but I think, there, I think in, a, in a way, hopefully we in an entertaining way can let people know how they can make change happen. Well, and I can I can think of one example, Leslie. That you know, one of the things before we started the podcast during the healthcare debate, sort of the most the most recent one, the Senate bill that we almost lost, and John McCain saved us, along with the two the two women senators, uh, saved saved us in the end. A lot of people were asking me online and saying, "Okay, but what really works? Should we be calling the offices? Should we be tweeting? Should we be signing petitions? Does it make a difference? Does an email even matter anymore?" And I, a lot of my work, frankly, I was just trying to walk people through as a former Senate staffer, 
what actually gets their attention and what doesn't get their attention. And how, you know, even a petition, if enough people get in the petition and then you can get an article written about the petition, then you start making a difference. You know, but a phone call is always better, in person is better. Be a, con- be a constituent, don't just be somebody calling, because a lot of people were calling offices from out of state. And even sort of that stuff that I think those of us in politics might think is basic, I was surprised how many people would approach me on Twitter and say, hey, you know, I'm really trying to understand what makes these guys tick so that I can be most effective in making a difference on, on the health care issue. So even things like that, it's, it's trying to sort of bring some of the insider's knowledge and focusing it on making a difference. I, I want to throw one other thing in. John and I both, uh, you were so kind to read our way too long bios showing you we've spent way too much money uh, <laughs> and, and time on, on, on many things. Uh, let's call it education. But yeah. John and I both studied, studied foreign affairs and international affairs. I only speak 40% of the languages that John speaks. Um, but that, you know, in most places still makes me... And even your English is iffy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, my English can be questionable. My French at this point, uh, it may have a New York accent. But, uh, you know, we've, we've lived abroad. We care about international relations. Um, we've traveled, to, I think John once said, even to about 30 countries. I think I've been to something like 27. Um, and I don't think international affairs is covered in a way that is accessible to people, that is interesting, especially culture. Um, and so people can get why sometimes there could be certain, you know, misunderstandings between people. It doesn't always just take a dumb president tweeting stuff to lead to a nuclear war. And so I, I think having more of an understanding of other cultures might not be a bad thing. Okay, let's take some calls. And we started out with uh, Ishmael. Ishmael is in uh, Manassas, Virginia. He's on line five. Ishmael, um, I know that you wanted to get John in Cliff's opinion on something. Good afternoon and welcome. What's your question for them? Hello, thank you so much uh, for taking my call. And this is exactly what we need, because during the Obama administration, there were a lot of blogs, a lot of podcasts that were attacking Obama. This is what progressives need. We need this, and we need more of it. And I think it's a great job that you guys are doing this. And emphasize that um, election has consequences. That's the most important thing. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, gentlemen, is that um, is it fair to say that the uh, John Kelly of the war and the McMaster of the war kind of won this battle between them and, and Steve Bannon? Cliff? I was letting did, did what win the battle? Ishmael, repeat your question. Or no, I, said, sorry. Did, I mean, maybe if you can did, repeat did it. McMaster, did McMaster and, and, and John Kelly win that battle in the White House against Steve Bannon since Bannon? Oh, God, the, the forces of They certainly seem to have, yeah. I mean, Kelly I, in particular a, seems to have pushed it over, I think. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm, I, I've been supporting the fact that these generals are around him because I think in most areas of his presidency, they bring stability where yeah. you have these other sycophants and, and in, you know, guys that have no experience that are frankly ideological and dangerous. But this one area, I got to say, I don't appreciate the influence of the generals. Um, I think that, that Afghanistan, whatever you think about our getting in, was once theoretically it was once a winnable war if we had gone in and we had done it right and done it quickly. And uh, you know, we're, but what are we doing at this point in time? What are we What are we doing there? Why are we sending more American troops? I just I don't get it. And I think these guys, uh, you know, I, I could see this this uh, going on forever. 
quite frankly. John, why don't you jump in? Yeah, no, same thing. I mean, I think, look, McMaster, who heads up the NSC, has been fighting with Bannon for months now. But I, my suspicion is he's sort of been sowing, the, you know, sowing his seeds over the last few months, where he's been trying to talk in Trump's ear and say, this guy's trouble, this guy's causing you issues, blah, blah, blah. And then Kelly came in and I think got to sort of tag team it. And then, of course, you know, you had the Nazi thing blow up and a couple other things where Kelly, along with what McMaster has been saying, I think had a good one-two punch that finally made Trump go, okay, you know, you're the next contestant to leave the island, basically. Um, so, and, and I agree with Cliff, too. I think it's, it's interesting for those of us on the left, and I think, you know, some people on the left tend not to be as friendly with the military. I think I kind of am, but a lot of people aren't, and I get that, that a lot of us are very hopeful <laughs> that Trump's got these generals, you know, first of all, NSC, second, chief of staff of the White House, and the third, heading up the Defense Department, when normally it's a civilian job, but he got a former general. Initially, we were all kind of upset he had too many generals, and now we feel like they're the adults in the room. You know, and I think Bannon leaving is one sign of that, and hopefully, even with Afghanistan policy, hopefully... Uh, and actually, here's an insider thing on generals, which is interesting. A lot of people think, you know, oh, the military, you got to be careful because all they want to do is fight wars. Whereas, in fact, sort of inside Washington, you know that the military is often the most reluctant about fighting wars because they're the ones that lose their own, you know, men and women. They're 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 actually a little more reticent about it. So that I'm kind of glad Trump has sort of a military ear and seemingly sane people giving him advice on Afghanistan and everything else because. You know, knock on wood, he gave at least a sane speech. He kept to the teleprompter last night, which in Trump land is, you know, considered an A+. plus. So, you know, let's see what happens. But I think it's been good. All right. Anything else, uh, Ishmael? Or Okay, thank you. Let's go next to Reggie in Decatur, Georgia. Reggie, question or comment? Uh, happy Tuesday to you, Leslie, and to your guests, too. I have a suggestion you. for their brand-new progressive website, uh, podcast website. Not only should you go after President Trump himself, but you should also go after the GOP, you know, Republican politicians, conservative radio and TV talk shows like or such as those on the Fox News channel, and their respective conservative websites like or such as Breitbart 2 as well. You guys should go after them hard, yep. too. Oh, uh, can I take this one for a second, John? Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. I'd like to say that that is a passion of mine. So, yep. Reggie, you do not have to worry. Whether yep. it's uh, goofy face Tucker Carlson, you know, saying that the president looking up at the sun without glasses is the most impressive thing he's ever seen, or it's, or it's those goofballs at, at Breitbart calling, I think, Bill Crystal, who I mean, I agree with everything on, but I think what they call him the wayward Jew or something. I'm going to be go, taking those guys on, going after all of them, because they are the poison that is, that is the entertainment, uh, you know, part of the Republican Party that led them to get to such a point where. Just, you know, ideology and, and superstition has taken the place of, of any actual sort of conservative policy. And then on, on top of that, I'll also say I've been in a many years war against Mitch McConnell because people start, like to, to go after Donald Trump now, about, and they should, about uh, all the norms he's upended. But what about Mitch McConnell, who refused to allow a vote on a Supreme Court justice, and Mitch McConnell, who used a filibuster in an unprecedented way? Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell who sat there when President Obama was elected and said we're going to oppose everything and not work with a new president, which I don't really think was ever done, you know, at least since the Civil War. Um, I mean, he has broken as many norms and as many unwritten rules in Washington and, and turned the polarized the place at least as much as Trump, probably somewhat more of the time he's been there. So don't worry. They'll, they'll get their share of the blame. Okay. And Cliff, you didn't mention our, our one claim to fame that we forgot to put in our bios, Leslie, was Cliff and I have both been personally attacked by Rush Limbaugh. 
I love that. I love that. Actually, <laughs> actually, when I was when I was first starting out in radio, I beat him. I I beat Rush Limbaugh in Buffalo, New York, in the ratings, and people went crazy. I even was interviewed by Time Magazine back then. I kid you not. It was like such a big. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that you know we're all we're all on the same team. I love that. How, how many uh, guys? How many podcasts a week can people expect, and where can they listen to your podcast? We're going to start with two. Um, the idea is, so far we've done three podcasts. We're doing another one tomorrow. Uh, we've put up all three ones for now. The idea is we're going to have a free podcast every week and then a premium podcast every week that folks can subscribe to, You know, starting at $5 a month, which is pretty much the average price people are charging on Patreon, which is the site we're using. Um, so, so you'll at least get one free one a week, and if you subscribe, you'll get two a week. Um, you can. The easiest way to start right now is to go to the URL you mentioned, Leslie, which is unprecedented, you know, like the president, unprecedentedpodcast.com. That'll take you to our iTunes page. And we're actually kind of urging people if they could sign up on iTunes first, just because uh, it, it helps us get it out more. If we get enough people signing up on iTunes, iTunes will feature it and all of that. So you'll get our free podcast on iTunes, and then you can get our subscription podcast on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And that URL, I think we said, was patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. So um, start with those two, and, uh, and, you can, and again, you can start with the free one, see how you like it, and then hopefully you're, you like it enough, you'll subscribe and get twice as many. Uh, I wanted to know, since you, you know, your tagline uh, is about resistance, um, you know, what do you guys feel is the most effective way to resist this president and this administration? You want to start, Cliff? That's a great question. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people actually have been doing a great job of that. I think he, need, he needs to see numbers because, you know, he's a guy that that's the kind of stuff that he, he actually understands because he's all about ratings. So I think seeing, seeing him, uh, his uh, tweets attacked in the thousands or millions, hopefully, on Twitter, seeing people show up out in the street to protest and, you know, and show him that uh, we are not with him, uh, keeping it, you know, people making sure when pollsters call you, talk to them and make sure his approval ratings are down the dumps. These are things that, that get Donald Trump into these spirals of self-destructiveness and make him even less effective than he is. So I think all of that is, is incredibly important. And remember, politicians in general are kind of spineless. And so if you can get out there to your local congressman's office or your senator's office, nothing violent. We're not advocating that. You just get in their faces, make them uncomfortable and let them know you disagree with everything they're doing. Uh, I think, look what happened with the health care vote. It made a difference. Yep. No, and I think that's exactly it. I think we, you know, we, we all have, we, we've had sort of our own theories of change on this, and I think we both apply it to the podcast, which is, I think the goal from the beginning should have been and has been, which is good for the left, has been we've got to drive Trump crazy. And the idea here is by constantly going after Trump on all these issues, including Russia, which I think is a valid issue, but it's also a helpful issue in that it's driving him crazy. And by driving this guy crazy, he starts to expose who he really is. You know, if you think of the, I think it was, was it his second or third Nazi press conference last week, Leslie, when, when Trump really lost it, and you could tell he started talking really loud and really fast, and you could tell he was totally off his talking points at this point. And he was saying, you know, those people, a lot of them are nice people. And you could tell it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's finally saying what he really believes. And it's what did possibly even the most damage of his presidency yet, because Trump got so enraged that he was honest. 
And so that's part of the goal here is, is for all of us to keep doing what we're doing and that all of this is driving Trump crazy, which is great. The next step, which a lot of folks have raised concerns about, and I think they're right, is Democrats do have to start thinking of what we're for. And, I mean, we all know what we're for, but I think as a party speaking publicly, we learned in the election that just being against Trump wasn't enough. And I'm not saying Hillary wasn't for stuff, but the overall message was Trump is crazy and bad, and people voted for him anyway. You know, so I think we definitely have to start paying a lot of attention on the election in general of 2018, but also how do we start building a coherent message of what, what do Democrats want on health care? You know, and, and maybe it is single payer, but, but to start getting that message out there in a more unified way amongst all of us so people can vote for something and not just against the crazy guy. You guys are awesome. I'm going to be listening, and I hope folks will as well. John Aravosis, Cliff Schechter, and their new podcast is Unprecedented. Uh, check it out on presidentedpodcast.com, also patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, forward slash unprecedentedpodcast. On Twitter, follow them at unprecedentedpod, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash unprecedentedpod. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.